all on track. Just make sure you have your front because you know he's got your back. We're all in this together. I promise we're going to make it through. We're all going to come out a little bit stronger from this. We weren't made to lose. Just keep your head up and keep on coasting, kid. And don't forget your mask like Pelosi did. Remember that when she went and got her hair done? How the fuck was that fair, huh? You laying to people like they're evil when they don't clothe their face. But you were walking around in that salon like you own the place without a mask. How is that okay? How do you counter that? Oh, she set you up? Okay, that don't sound that bad. Set you up? That freaks me the fuck out. A hairstylist was able to trick the speaker of the house? Rules for thee, not me. I see how it is. You do whatever the fuck you want and tell us how to live. But I trust you, so that's okay with me. Listen to Mayor Lightfoot and cancel Thanksgiving. Bitch, weren't you outside just a couple weeks ago in the middle of a crowd screaming through a fucking speakerphone? You said everyone was wearing a mask. That's true. Everybody there was wearing a mask, except you. Think of all those people that you covered with your mucus droplets. If you had COVID, then I know at least a few of them got it. Think about it, Lori. I know you're often tested, but what if the last time you got tested, it was a false negative and you had it that day and you went to spew your little speech and you gave it to somebody and their immune system was weak and their body couldn't take it. So they're hospitalized. Now some poor guy is grieving over the loss of his wife. It would have been all because of you. I know it probably isn't true, but you and all your colleagues need to start watching what you do. Don't tell me to do one thing, then do the exact opposite. You need to practice what you preach, you goddamn communist. You're going to call us racist. You're going to call us potential Timothy McVeigh's. Fuck you. Bitch busting my tail. Coming home covered in oil, covered in grease. Had the trouble trying to scrub the brake dust from my fingernails. No help at the shop, only me. Cause we're understaffed. Cause nobody wants to get a job now. Friends hit me up after work, but I don't want to do shit. The whole damn day I was bogged down. At the end of the week, I get my check. I hold it up next to my friends and get annoyed. And he laughs cause I didn't make half of what he made. I worked every single day and his ass is unemployed. You say there's no jobs. You say there's no one hiring. Every time I open up my phone and go online, I see a lot of positions. But you just listen to the politicians telling you this nasty. You don't even take the time to don't lie to me, it's a fact All these stupid politicians want to act like a slim picking And it's hard to get when it's so bad But how come every business that I visit's always understaffed May not be the job you want, may not be your dream career You could do something in the meantime when you wait for things to clear Hobby Lobby starting out at 17 Buddy, you could get a job there instead of collecting free money I'm just saying, if you're my age and able You don't need the government's aid to stay stable Leave it for people who really need it, you piece of shit Go and get a fucking job to get paid and be grateful You're not incapable, you're lazy as fuck but at the same time, I don't really blame you. If they were handing it out and I had absolutely no pride, I would take it too. I mean, fuck it. I'm the real dumbass. I'm the one working hard. I'm still busting my ass. People I haven't seen in a minute come up to me and ask me if I'm still working. I say, yeah. And they're like, fuck that. Didn't you hear? They're giving this shit out for free now. And I'm like, how? And they're like, what do you mean, how? You don't have to have a reason to get it. They barely notice. You just go online and apply and tell them you're scared of COVID. And just like that, you don't got a real job, but you still get paid. God, I feel robbed. I can't say that I never thought of doing it. I don't want to contribute to all this fucking foolishness and assist the government in creating this dependency if you don't know what i'm saying then just wait till the end and see when everybody's free money gets cut off you think they're gonna go straight to work again fuck off let me clear the air I know a lot of people really felt the wrath of this. I'm not talking to you and I'm not knocking you, dude. I know some folks were in bad shape after this. Like, you got kids and a wife and you had a good job and the dividends were nice and you lost it all of a sudden over this fucking bullshit and you needed something just to keep you winning in this fight. I understand. We're all fucked in the end, though. So we might as well come together. No matter who you are and no matter who you voted for, I really do believe we need something better. Is it me? Or is it crazy as fuck that at a time like this with a horrible disease, they would make us wait for those tiny little checks just so they could give money to other foreign countries? Send the money to Pakistan. 
Why? For gender studies, we have to, man. I know you're worried and the shit is really scary, but send a billion to the Egyptian military and fuck it. Send another to the Smithsonian. Yeah, yeah, I know. This shit ain't even open, but fuck it again. Shut up and spend. What about the fallen trees? Two million. We need to study them. Ever wonder how many amberjack fish are currently swimming in the Gulf of Mexico? Well, I want to know that shit right now. 2.5 million, motherfucker. Now let it go. You run a business? Shut it the fuck down. And if you don't, we're going to find you till you do. It's way too dangerous. And if you don't understand, then maybe you going broke. Well, finally get it through and last but not least for our hard-working tax-paying americans who stuck it out through this pandemic and put their lives on the line so we could keep our economy rolling those little people we like to call essential i give to you 600 big ones <laughs> don't go spending it all in one place now <laughs> I just left a moment of silence that was that was like someone painting the Mona Lisa with words and you just had to appreciate that shit. Um, <laughs> this guy is spitting fire. And you know what? We need. Oh, my gosh. Like, I would totally love a collab, like a ton of them. So welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm a little bit pissed because I saw something today that I'm not very happy with. But before we get into what I'm not happy with, I think we should start with um, the defense secretary uh, pretty much uh, calling Biden a liar. And I think that's important for us to kind of take a look at right now because that's kind of interesting, no? Someone just called the president, so the selected president, a liar. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin says he will not answer any questions about the drone strike, the retaliatory drone strike that killed 10 innocent Afghan civilians instead of hitting the ISIS-K target after the suicide attack killed at least 13 servicemen and women uh, from the U.S. Armed Forces. But Austin is also saying that he warned the White House to keep personnel on the ground in Afghanistan, at least 2,500 service members. And here's what he said today. Their input was... Uh was received by the president and considered by the president uh, for sure. Now, also in relation to that, you had President Biden, who about a month ago said that he had not received the advice that Austin said he gave him. But your top military advisors warned against withdrawing on this timeline. They wanted you to keep about 2,500 troops. No, they didn't. It was split. That, that wasn't true. That wasn't true. They didn't tell you that they wanted troops to stay? No, not, at, not in terms of whether we were going to get out in a time frame all troops. They didn't argue against that. So no one, no one told your military advisors did not tell you, no, we should just keep 2,500 troops. It's been a stable situation for the last several years. We can do that. We can continue to do that. No, no one said that to me that I can recall. And chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley, says no matter what people think about this withdrawal, it has definitely damaged the credibility of our nation. I think that our credibility um, with allies and partners around the world and with adversaries uh, is being intensely reviewed by them to see which way this is going to go. Uh, and I think that damage is one word that could be used. And it's not just Republicans who are grilling Millie, Austin and McKenzie today. You also heard from Democrats, including Senator Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut, who says he doesn't even know who's in charge of the evacuation and that he wants to see a point person because right now it is so chaotic. And then also a Democrat, Tammy Duckworth from Illinois. She says she wants to see an independent commission investigate the withdrawal. So it's not just Republicans coming after these men who represent the top Pentagon brass. It's also Democrats, too. And the hearing is back underway. Back to you. 
You just watched Newsmax TV, America's fastest growing cable news channel now in more than 70 million homes. You can get Newsmax TV on your cable system or check your cable guide. I shouldn't have left it run that long. I don't want to advertise for them. But um, I want to play this audio clip. Just listen to this. We conclude that your advice about staying in Afghanistan was rejected. I'm shocked to learn that your advice wasn't sought until August 25th on staying past the August 31 deadline. I, I understand that you're the principal military advisor, that you advise, you don't decide, the president decides. But if all this is true, General Milley, why haven't you resigned? Because you're going to fuck up our plan Senator, if you resign. As a senior military officer, um, resigning is a really serious thing. It's a political act if I'm resigning in protest. My job is to provide advice. My statutory responsibility is to provide legal advice or best military advice to the president. And that's my legal requirement. That's what the law is. Um, the president doesn't have to agree with that advice. He doesn't have to make those decisions uh, just because we're generals. And it would be an incredible act of political defiance for a commissioned officer to just resign because my advice is not taken. This country doesn't want generals figuring out what orders we are going to accept and do or not. That's not our job. The principle of civilian control right. of the military is absolute. It's critical That's right. to this republic. In addition to that, just from a personal standpoint, you know, my, my dad didn't get a choice to resign at Iwo Jima. And those kids that are at Abbey Gate, they don't get a choice to resign. And I'm not going to turn my back on them. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to resign. They can't resign, so I'm not going to resign. There's no way. Uh, if the orders are illegal, we're in a different place. But if the orders are legal from civilian authority, I intend to carry them out. Thank you, Senator Cotton. So I agree with General Milley. He gave him advice, right? You know, he told them what he believes is correct and he didn't do it. So why is General Milley in trouble then? I don't see why. Why would anyone hold him accountable? Take a listen. A big problem when it comes to the truth about getting out of Afghanistan. Top generals testifying today on Capitol Hill and directly contradicting a key claim made by the commander in chief. All three military leaders say they warned Biden to leave thousands of troops in the country to avoid a catastrophe, but he didn't listen. And then he claimed it didn't happen. I recommended that we maintain 2,500 troops in Afghanistan. My assessment was uh, back in the fall of 20 and it remained consistent throughout that uh, we should keep a steady state of 2,500 and it could bounce up to 3,500 maybe or something like that. Their input was uh was received by the president and considered by the president. So no one, no one told your military advisors did not tell you, no, we should just keep 2,500 troops. It's been a stable situation for the last several years. We can do that. We can continue to do that. No, no one said that to me that I can recall. And while President Biden's calling how we left Afghanistan a, quote, extraordinary success, General Milley says the rest of the world doesn't see it that way. I think that our credibility, um, with allies and partners around the world and with adversaries uh, is being intensely reviewed by them to see which way this is going to go. Uh, and I think that damage is one word that could be used. And what about accountability? If you think at least some heads should roll for this fiasco, think again. Senator, as a senior military officer, um, Resigning is a really serious thing. It's a political act if I'm resigning in protest. He doesn't have to make those decisions uh, just because we're generals. And it would be an incredible act of political defiance for a commissioned officer 
to just resign because my advice is not taken. So the big thing we learned today, Dana, obviously, among other things, Biden was told by all the military leaders, just leave a few thousand guys in there to make sure it's calm. Mm -hmm. He ignored them and then told the American people a lie about what he was recommended. I remember when he did that interview with George Stephanopoulos and he said, um, nobody told me that. And he said, not that I recall. Right. And I thought, okay, well, one, we know that's not going to be true because we've been seeing for months, even during the Trump administration, that the military was suggesting leaving a small force there. And that was increasingly so in the spring of, of this year, April of 2021, as this decision was being made. I think the president made it in April, right before the beginning of April 2021. And I thought, well, they better hope that that turns out to be true. But of course it didn't. And I thought that was the big headline that came out of today is that he, now, now it's okay if a commander in chief wants to get briefed and then go in a different direction and make a different decision. He's the decider. But what he did is say, I made a decision, but it was based on not on something that they told me. And now they're contradicting him. And I, I wouldn't have wanted necessarily to be in their shoes today, right? Because they're having to defend a failure that they know was partly because Biden didn't take their advice. And they don't want to completely throw the commander in chief under the bus. But then this other piece, when Senator Inhofe um, had Milley say that basically we have no counterterrorism on the ground. Mm -hmm. Also, Milley said it was a logistical success, but a strategic failure. I, I think it's hard to spin leaving Americans behind and interpreters and all of our helpers behind as a logistical success. I understand that they got a lot of people out, but again, who were the people that they got out? They weren't the people the that right we were people. supposed to help. Right. And Milley, we also learned is a huge leaker, Dan. And he is talking to everybody in the media, all of these authors. Here's Senator Marsha Blackburn asking what General Joseph Milley has been doing this whole time instead of planning the Afghan withdrawal. He's been talking to about a half dozen reporters. Listen. General Milley, um, yes or no to this. Did you talk to Bob Woodard or Robert Costa for their book, Peril? Woodward, yes. Costa, no. Did you talk to Carol Leonic and Philip Rucker for their book, Alone, Can I Fix It? Yes. Did you talk to Michael Bender for his book? Book is, frankly, we did win this election, the inside story of how Trump lost. Yes. yes. And were you accurately represented in these books? I haven't read any of the books, so I don't know. You buying that, Dan? I mean... Really? Come on. He didn't read the book. So he spent all these time talking to me. This is looks, Millie looks to me like the kind of guy who not only reads the books, but like frames them <laughs> and puts them on the wall, yeah. like for everyone to read. But he said a couple of things. There were a couple of really stunning moments here. Hawley caught him pretty good when I hit, well, that was Austin, but in the hearing when they got them to acknowledge it, you guys left Americans behind, like just cut the crap. Like there are Americans there right now. Like just stop saying you didn't leave Americans behind. You did admit it. Apologize. He had with Donald Trump. So let's just go to this other stuff. I mean, there's a lot of finger pointing. Militaries pointing at State Department. State Department points at the Afghan army. Military points at the White House. No one's accountable, but they want a bipartisan commission in a few years. What do you think is going to happen there? I think it'll be quite important. Right? I think the American public is happy actually to see the people who were advising the president on this decision, that everyone agrees with the intent, but doesn't agree with the execution to see what they actually said or not, because we all saw the Stephanopoulos interview. And so we thought that President Biden had been on the same page with the people who would know better and were actually reading the intelligence on the ground. So I actually don't see 
these particular ones as wasted hearings, whereas I usually do. And I see them as kind of grandstanding and everyone just trying to get in their cable news. Well, the one thing that did come out of it, as you mentioned, that was productive, they're going to have a a written recommendation that the brass delivered to the White House. And it was in writing and they've asked for that. So once they get that in their hands, that's pretty explosive. It it certainly could be. We'll wait to see what it is. And I, I would remind everyone at the table, not that you've necessarily forgotten in the audience that Bob Menendez, a Democrat and a strong ally of President Biden's, has been the one leading the charge on trying to get this information. Um, to Dana's point about Millie saying logistical success, strategic failure, I think that what he was trying to convey was how dire the circumstances were when Biden said, we are leaving in like two weeks. Mm-hmm. And so what can you get done in that amount of time? I thought that to Dan's point about the call with China, uh, the reason that he wasn't actually usurping the commander in chief's power is because Mark Esper told him to do it and was behind the decision. Not the January call. Not the January October, call. Not was, the Jan- You're talking about two separate calls. Those yeah. are the different China calls. Call. The China, those are two separate calls. You, the, you, there's an October, I think it was a November, October call. And then the January. The one where he also calls. went back to Pelosi. Yeah, Miller, acting Secretary Miller has already said we did not authorize the call. They're two separate calls. You may be right, but, but not the second one. They that's, asked that's for one. True. I know that he was following the chain of command and that's, that's even in the Woodward Rook too. John Rich, your thoughts about today's hearing? Well, there's an interesting hypocrisy going on right now. We all know the story of the young serviceman who went on Facebook and called out his superiors. He called out Millie. He called out all of them and said, what are you doing? Apologize. Tell us why you made this horrific mistake. And he's in the brig today. Yeah, He's in the brig. And so what you just saw in this hearing is you saw the most powerful generals in our country effectively calling out Biden, saying, no, no, no. We told him to do this, but he did that. And we don't know why. Is that not effectively calling out the president of the United States? They're not in the brig. They've still got their jobs. But the young man who called them out is now uh, in handcuffs. So I don't understand the uh, duplicitous nature of that, but I don't like it. No one likes it. And maybe one of the reporters one day, if they get a chance, can ask Joe Biden. You saw the hearing, Mr. President. Not a lot of agreement there. You lied to the American people. And- so, okay. So now I'm going to point something out to you guys without telling you anything. I'm going to tell you how this goes. <laughs> so in August, we had all these things. We're pulling out. We're pulling out. We promise we will pull out. We will. We are totally pulling out. Sounds like a teenager not wanting to get a girl pregnant, right? Uh, but, you know, something weird was happening, right? And I didn't talk about it because I wanted to see where the media was taking it. Because it was it was really bizarre, kind of like the way the media has been hammering down on General Milley. You should resign. You're bad. And, you know, painting him all sissy-ish. He's like the grandpa you want. Sometimes you do things, right? I What do they call it? Take it for the team, right? It's kind of like... Um, <laughs> It's kind of like when people were telling, it's so beneath you to talk to say it doesn't matter what anybody has to say about me, right? The goal is to save America. And if I can, you know, smooth out any issues that we may have amongst whatever his Q theories are, that I that I would have helped. It would have been fun. I could have demonstrated some shit. Um, it would have at least woken up other Americans, right? Because I don't have time for people like that, okay? All self-indulged and shit. But I'll do it. I'll take bullets for my country's arrows, slings, you name it, I'll do it. 
General Milley is the same. So let me just tell you a couple of things that have happened that you probably missed. So the Taliban are like super, super bad people. And they are, well, not all of them because they're a political party. You got to listen to some old Tory says shows where I've kind of walked you through this plan so that you understand it. Well, you know, just a couple weeks ago, three, four weeks ago, the Taliban actually captured an ISIS leader from prison and executed him. What? Stop it. Stop it. Yes. Uh, yes. Khorasan, Omar Khorasan had been sitting in a Kabul prison for a year. And the ISIS-K, you know, because it's a new variant of ISIS, K-Chief um, was executed by the Taliban. But I, I wait a minute. I thought the Taliban were like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Never made it to Camp David, right? So um, what's really weird is um, just... Just a little while ago, maybe a couple, maybe 10 days or so, you know how terrorists claim murders and explosions and deaths and shit? Like, yeah, I did that, right? Or like when Soleimani went, Pfft. how did President Trump say it? Died like a dog or whatever, and then Congress was all upset that Soleimani was dead, right? Um, then we claimed, uh, you know, America did that strike, right? We're claiming that action. But for some reason, so weird, an ISIS chief was actually killed 10 days ago. And Macron came out and said, we have killed Adnan Abu Walid al-Sahri. He is the leader of the Islamic State in the greater Sahara. So it's ISIS-GS. <laughs> it was a drone strike. All right. So the operation, apparently, uh, Macron said, took place between the sixth, the 17th and the 22nd of August. This was reported in September. And I'm like, wait a minute. Stop it. Are you trying to take credit for shit that the Taliban are doing? I mean, it's just so weird. So freaking weird. Now we got the French co-prince remember he's a co-prince and president of france right so he's saying that during that time another isis leader was being taken out right but the taliban were actually doing it so it's like um i'm so confused right now wait you didn't report it in august you claimed it in september but the taliban didn't even it's not just the hunting them down and taking them out, right? <laughs> the, ta <laughs> the Taliban went into prisons and took the fuckers out and shot them. So I'm just saying, <clears throat> we left them weapons. They let our doggies out. And there's a lot of Voice of America bullshit going on from Afghanistan. State Department needs to tighten that shit up. Because we could see your freaking crack. So, having said that, right? <laughs> the fake ass. Stop it. Stop it. I mean, I'm just saying, like, this is so dumb. 
ISIS has, is getting annihilated by the Taliban. A month later, France is like, yeah, we so did that. Okay, sure you did. And then, you know, we have General Milley and, you know, his sec of defense saying, you know, Biden lied. We told him what to do. He just didn't do it. And it's like, wait, what? Huh? Wait, did you just call the president a liar? Wait a minute. In front of everybody? All right. But nobody asked that question, right? Nobody asked that question. Damn deep state department. So much trouble. So I'm very pissed today. Extremely, extremely pissed because I noticed that, you know, Sidney Powell just let out all that shit I had for my case. Now I get it. She's in litigation. She'll use whatever it is to help herself. But for me, it was a very big deal to not share that information because now everyone's profiting off of it. And then they're going to say, oh, well, Tori's lucky because she put it out, which she did make some really great points. And I love that. But I wanted to be able, you know, no one's helping me. Okay. No one's fucking helping me. Yeah. Salty tour. Yes. No one's helping me. None of these people said, dude, this bitch has an off an affidavit that everybody keeps confirming and no one is pointing back to it because she's showing uh, where it derives from, which is the government itself. So I'm salty as fuck when I pop in to see what Sidney Powell says. And I'm like, great, I'm going to share this Stu Peters video. Don't like the guy. Don't like what he stands for, but he's putting out good information. You know, I'm a fucking share that. I don't hide it because I don't like you. I share it because my people need to see it. But then I see a document that literally had my scribbles on it. And I'm like, are you kidding? Are you kidding? Come on. I have court in like three weeks. Like, come on. It's not like it's going to harm me. Okay. It's not going to harm me. But you know what? No one's going to pay attention that I'm sitting there fighting for our elections that I've been doing for God knows how long, you know, putting it out there as I could. And then they, and then, then all these fuckers are profiting off my shit. And none of them even have, you know, the, the, the England is to say, you know, gosh, this woman, her affidavit was spot the fuck on. Everything that's coming out is a hundred percent. Or, you know, maybe we shouldn't share that because she's going to court. How can we help her because she's suing them? I'm so pissed. I'm just so livid. I did not expect it. I did not expect it. You know, I'm just, I'm just saying I didn't expect it. I mean, yeah. Okay. She shared it. You can't put the genie back in the bottle. But I was like, come on, I, I sat on all that stuff so long. So I'm a little bit upset. So you know what? Because I'm upset, because uh, I'm upset, I'm going to just show you something, something that nobody knows that I'm going to use. So I'll just play it quickly. Dominion Voting Systems threatening legal action against former Trump lawyer Sidney Powell. Attorneys for the voting company used by several states sending a scathing letter to Powell, accusing her of, quote, reckless disinformation about the 2020 presidential election. Dominion says, quote, as a result of your false accusations, Dominion has suffered enormous harm. Its employees have been stalked, have been harassed and have received death threats for the safety of Dominion's employees. And for the sake of the truth and confidence in American democracy, we demand that you immediately and publicly retract your false accusations and set the record straight. Out front now, John Poulos. 
He is the CEO of Dominion Voting Systems. You're at the heart of this, your company, of so many conspiracy theories about this election, all of them debunked. But I wanted to, to, to give you a chance here to take some of these down so our viewers, viewers can explicitly hear them and, 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 and very clearly hear your response. So President Trump says your machines shifted two to three percent of Trump votes to Biden and that you, quote, changed the results of a landslide election. What's your response, John? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Aaron. Um, it's just been an absolute bizarre blizzard of crazy things being said about us. Uh, it's been extremely damaging to our company, our employees and customers. Um, we've The things being said about us just are not true. And as far as I can tell, I'm the only one that has volunteered to talk about these things under oath. Um, and so ultimately, we are asking for a complete retraction. Um, uh, or uh, ultimately, I guess we'll, we'll have to see them at, in the courthouse. Many of the conspiracies have centered around Michigan. Now, we know human error there did cause unofficial results in a county to show Biden ahead when Trump actually won. Now, that number was quickly fixed, right? We knew Trump won. The president, though, came out. Forget the human error part, which is the fact. He said it was due to software error, not human error. Again, trying to put it on Dominion. What's your response to that? How do you deal with this? Sure. Well, people keep talking about this, but uh, I, I mean, our machines are tested all the time. It's hard to think of a more and highly regulated business than I. Stop. Not when your machines are built to be hacked. Not when your machines are built to be connected. Stop. I really wanted to play another part, but I'm going to leave it. So that's the one part where he freaking lied. He lied, he lied, he lied, he lied. I'm going to play a video um, that walks you through some election stuff before we get into what Sydney shared with Stu Peters, because she can't be on my show. I'm part of her lawsuit, guys. So <sighs> I loathe. Here we go. So this is a lawsuit that was filed today. And that's me suing Dominion. And this is one of the lawsuits against Dominion. Now I did it as a verified complaint, which means that they have to respond under oath. And I am suing Dominion for using my affidavit as evidence of defamation. When you file something in a court of law, that a judge has now declared a valid claim. You are now laying claim that my affidavit is perjury. Just so you guys know, in the cases like Michigan, Wisconsin, and Arizona, the court never said that my sources were unreliable. The court never mentioned my name. The court never even discussed my testimony. The court actually never stated that my testimony is false. But Dominion did. Dominion did so in their lawsuit against Sidney Powell and others. Every single paragraph in my affidavit is sworn testimony given under oath and, and penalty of perjury. Defendants, which is Dominion, use my affidavit as evidence of defamation. That means the defendants, Dominion, libeled and defamed me in a defamation suit against Sidney Powell. That means that 
The defendants have not disproved, which is true, my allegation in regards to my affidavit. They haven't even disproved a paragraph on it, not even a word, because they can't disprove any paragraph and they have libeled me. Therefore, they, Dominion, declaring that me is guilty of a crime of perjury by portraying it as false information. Therefore, I'm entitled to compensation. I want you to know they're suing Sidney Powell for $1.6 billion. I thought I'd give it a one-up. If they're allowed to sue Sidney Powell for defamation, I should have, have my time in court so that they can prove that I was lying and that it's not real. So they need to go through every single paragraph and disprove it. I'm going to tell you right now, they can't. They cannot. Because even when it was filed, my affidavit was the only one that was backed up with documents and receipts. Oh, huh. some receipts. I left the calling cards for public information. Remember, those judges can read cases. They're not like the media or random people on the Internet that just looks at, uh, you know, headlines. They can't even sue Lindell, Byrne, Giuliani, or anybody else until they address my affidavit. You know that they're connected to the internet when you take one of the components out. It's fact. They said it themselves. They connect. You don't need to prove it when they said it themselves. For some reason, we're on the defense. It's not my choice and it's not my uh, job to decide how God wants to work. He does as he wants. The bottom line here is they lost. They now have to answer all the questions in my affidavit. Every single one, not one, right? Not one. Every single one. So here's where I just say I'm over 21, what I've done, my formal training, this, correct, correct. So here, well-versed because of my assignments and the HABAC, like on or about October 2017, I had reached out to U.S. Senate Majority Leader with an affidavit claiming that our elections in 2017 may be null and void due to lack of EAC certification. In fact, Senator Wyden sent a letter to Jack Cobb on October 31st, 2017, advising discreetly, pointing out the importance of being certified. EAC had issued a certificate to them. It had expired. So I'll tell you what, none of them were certified correctly. Wyden took the bait when he saw it and he approached Pro V and V and said, you got to be certified. What are you doing? And he sent them that letter on October 31st because his accreditation had lapsed. So let's see how they're going to answer that question. This congressionally passed law. Let's move along. Again, here we go with the certifications, right? And how, as you can see here, they get a one-year validation. How did you get one year when they're supposed to be all like this? Not only that, the accreditation manual says different. Now, with all these states that we're questioning, because I have all 50 states, I have this whole document. Think of it this way. This tells you what is approved and what is not approved in your state in regarding certification. George is really interesting because that's where the goods are. So here we go, where I'm talking about these accredited labs that don't have any 
uh, up-to-date EAC certification because the most important part of that is they check COTS, right? COTS is off-the-shelf components, modems, software that is on those modems, software on anything. They're just cheaper, so people use them. So I showed this. So you see, all of this is sourced. I got testimony from Jack Cobb in 2009. Key issue that most of the cops used by election that's Dominion, ESS, Heart Inner Civic, Smartmatic, and others, all of them are the problem, is my point. Talk. I want to pause there. Now, in my affidavit, I didn't lay out how I knew that because um, I didn't want to show that card until I was in court. You know, it's always that aha moment, right? Where you make the statement and then you back that shit up with receipts. And the receipts are their patents that say that you can remotely access, remotely change, you know, things. But, you know, I caught this loser at another lie, which I'm not going to say. Um, and hopefully no one will see. So, you know, a lot of people talk a lot of shit about me, but you have to think if they buried my affidavit and no one looked at it, <laughs> which by the way, also mentions the 23,000 fucking votes from the same phone number. Uh, that's the last entry I put in because guess what? I was going through a shit ton of data in Wisconsin and I saw that. So I text some guy, some guy that was at the symposium. And I was like, yo, I saw, you know, this, this number, like there's like 20, like 21 to 24,000, I said. Uh, so I'm guesstimating it should be around that much, you know, from that same number. And it looks like a correctional facility. Yeah, that's right. You guys, you remember that from last year where I told you it. So I texted him that he gets back to me with a screenshot the next day. And he's like, yo, it's like 22, 23,000 from the same fucking number. I was like, yeah. So I put it in there. I put it in my affidavit because I wanted to make it public record. And I'm like, there's no one prison with one phone number that gets males and females all from the same location. That's that big. Like what kind of fucking Alcatraz fuckery is that? That's huge. So, um, and now everybody's talking about how it's news, right? It's not news, right? It's not news. It's a, it's a year old. It's fucking stale. See, if they talked about it last year when it was discovered, right, we probably wouldn't be here having this conversation right now. That's my point. So when, uh, <laughs> when all of us are sitting there, Tori's upset, how can I not be? We're going through all this shit because they didn't report it. Because unfortunately, <laughs> your federal government's not doing its job, right? And obviously your media isn't either. This is my point. Now, I don't say that every single person in the FBI or working at the CIA or DOD or DIA or every single three-letter and four-letter, there's four-letter ones, agencies are bad. Some of them are actually doing a lot of stuff and you're not seeing, well, you're seeing some stuff happening, but they're trying. Others are just letting it happen. And in fact, they help those people that are being targeted to cover themselves. So anyway, let me continue. This is this was a video that Broken Anthem did. Talking about how they get hacked. Ooh, Chinese manufacturers like Huawei. And then I showed Akamai Technologies. Now this is where it gets a little bit weird. So 
One thing that we need to understand is China. And Chinese linked cloud services work with Seidel. Seidel works with all of them. Akamai has bought Unicom. Akamai is Chinese. Well, obviously, they're not also going to tell you that they also have had a Chinese office. In addition to that, here the networking thing where you see Akamai, I uh, put that network out to show how Michigan.gov was going through certain hubs, just showing it, just paying attention to that. No big deal. Uh, showed how and what, how. These are all verified things. Michigan's government site is thump off Akamai technology, which is housed on a foreign server in freaking Germany. Like I pointed out, all evidence. I'm not just saying things. I'm showing it. Uh, see, there's a lot of links, as you can see here, like making it the provider of the highest number of participating states. Talking about CIDL programs, right? Everything is cited. There's nothing you can debunk in here. Nothing. So then we go back to talking algorithms. Rather than me show them the algorithm because we're just going to point to the person during the hearings that actually knows this algorithm. Well, the master key to the trapdoor, right? I'm showing that around the world, <laughs> the problem that we have, and these are elections, right? Obviously, I'm talking more on the technical point, how they do it, how the scripts are done, right? What a trapdoor is, the crypto tech term. Here's my math showing you how they steal votes, right? But the problem that you have is that you can't prove that they're cheating, but you can't prove that they're not cheating. So in essence, what they're telling you is that you need to just accept and trust them. So what we need is the ultimate master key, the keystone to all this stuff. And so zero proof of integrity of the vote. At the end of the day, no matter what, if you cannot prove that those votes are solid and that there is no frog, then you cannot be trusted. Obviously, we show where this stall happened for the algorithm adjustment. And that was to buy times, but we saw this before. I have seen the same action before. And I know that there are government records for this action before, a few times. 85. I can personally attest that in 2013, discussions by the Obama slash Biden administration were being had with various agencies in the deployment of such election software to be deployed in redacted location in 2013 89 under the guise of crisis support the u.s federal taxpayers funded the deployment of the election software and machines in redacted location signing on with CIDL. right here deleted key files right here they complained about it oh guess who they blamed russia so again, it was so weird that in some states, some certifications were given less than 30 days before the elections. Here's some of the stuff they have in their machines. Modems, what do modems do? This is the problem that we're having. We cannot target the IPs because we should have had that anyway. And the modems, they auto erase on their own. I have a sworn 
statement from Patrick Berge that clearly states that, and he's an expert in those things. If you don't have them within a week or two, max a month, those override themselves by themselves. Now, there is recorded data within the systems if they're locked in. But like Mike Lindell said, they've been deleting that stuff or replanting information, which makes it unverifiable. So why are we chasing something that we know they did? To prove that they did it, you can't prove that they did it, and you can't prove that they did. Therefore, you know, you just have to sit there and what, accept it? No. And this is the same thing. Gems deployed all machines, taken, contractor, Tampa. Look, everything is in there. <laughs> that so weird. I just threw that in there for a minute. But as you can see here, I'm showing that there's Akamai technology portals. I was posting this on Twitter, and the fact that Twitter deleted my Twitter account means they destroyed evidence, which we can get back, of course, because I was showing that printers and phones were allowing me to connect to different government databases. So let's keep going. Akamai Technologies. Look at this. Akamai Technologies. Locations around the world. Akamai Technologies has locations in China. Akamai Technologies has locations in Iran. Akamai Technologies merged with Unicom, which is Chinese Telecom, in 2018. Akamai Technologies house all state.gov information in Germany via Talia LB. This is fact. The EAC failed to abide standards. The IG and the EAC failed to address complaints. These are the people you need to hold accountable. This is it. Plain and simple. All cited and sourced. There is no, this is their actual data. Their actual data where 23,000 residents of the Department of Corrections of Prison in that state only requested absentee ballots. How do you get male and female from one? Like, what kind of prison is this with 23,000 people? That's an insane amount of people in one place. This is what they have to disprove. Okay? This is what needs to be disproved. You can't sit there and call someone a perjurer if you can't prove that they committed perjury. See, Everything that I put in there is nicely sourced. This is why the judges skipped over. They could go to someone that said, well, I thought I saw a bag or I'm an expert at this and I did this and I did that. I didn't say any of that. I said, I know of this. I did this in my work. This is how it happened. Didn't make any radical claims, right? I just put it straight back, laser focus. Focus on the machines. Focus on their certification. Focus on the fact that you can't prove they cheated. You can't prove they did it because they won't let you look inside. And when they say, well, that's not true. I have thousands, global papers that have said the same thing. All PhDs. You try and say they're all stupid. I mean, let's just get that right. You have to be laser focused on things that you cannot dispute. They've already said that I committed perjury by filing that as evidence of fraud or defamation. This is where it gets fun. Because it's one thing when you have a tool like the Washington Post who are paid propaganda and military industrial complex. And it's another for another. And the reason that I'm telling you this is because it's just been filed. So the only way that they can stop what's coming is by taking me out. And that's not gonna happen. This is where you get them to answer questions. The truth never, ever, ever comes in in a Ferrari. It comes in a donkey. And that's the problem. 
People want the truth yesterday. You can't. You got to wait for when the right time is. And until then, you'll just be getting a lot of misinformation. So we did the whole let's trash Tory thing. It's not going to work. So what's the next step? A lot of people said they'll pull the national security thing and shut it down. Hold on a second. Why would Dominion, which is a Canadian company, have anything to do with national security and secrets? Why do we have secrets? They have control of the machines. They have control of the government. The government is actually controlling that. (laughs) And again, you're going to see how it comes out. I've sourced every single thing. I have evidence for everything. And I also have some extra. Let's go. You just said I committed perjury. That's against the law. So let's go. Right. Okay. So broken anthem strikes again. Now that was better than what I could have said because I am really irate. Um, and so Sidney Powell is going to show you some of the stuff that I had. Um, but you know, I already said I worked on these things. <laughs> it's not like you know I'm just really good at researching. I've been blowing whistles for years about this. And if you notice. It wasn't just Dominion that I'm targeting, right? It's all of the machines, not just Dominion. Every single fucking one of them, all right? So um, that is because you'd be very, very, very surprised. I'm really upset if those documents are dropped and made. I'm very pissed. Very pissed. I mean, come on, seriously? Couldn't we wait? But I'll play the video that um, Stu Peters put. It was a great report. Um, he even did like the sock thing. I'll skip over that. Um, he did a really great report with her. So I'm just going to start there where he begins his report. I'm just pissed. I mean, it's not his fault. But you know what pisses me off? The people are going to profit off of the one, some of the things that were going to actually help me, you know, exonerate myself in the trashing part, right? Not the, the, the whole defamation by dominion. I mean, they lost instantly, like they're lying through their teeth. Okay. Um, but it, it pisses me off because all these people are making money off of my shit, And you're going to say it's America shit. Yeah, it is. But none of these people have supported me and stood behind me. I mean, even Stu Peter started talking about how there's 23,000 people in Wisconsin that vote. Why don't you say, hey, that shit was in an affidavit a year ago. We should be really pissed. That's my problem. That they're selling these things and making money off of it, but not giving credit where it's due. which tells you that they're not for you because it would have been different if he's like, Oh shit, I didn't know. Oh my God, this has been out there for over, almost a year, you guys. And now it's coming to light. That is a lot of, stronger of a report to show suppression than anything. But instead he calls it like it's a new finding. New filing in that case. And she has indeed done so. Powell joins us now. Thank you, Sydney, for coming back. We appreciate it. Well, thank you, Steve. My pleasure. So you yes, mentioned that as, as a result of our interview yesterday, there has been some, or the other day, there has been some ground stirring 
uh, relating to January 6th. The, the protest of the fraudulent and stolen election versus your filing in the 12th Amendment. Uh, and you wanted to clear some things up. Yes, thank you. Yes, our filing had nothing to do with what they have called the protests or, or worse riots at the Capitol. In fact, the activities at the Capitol that day by the crowd actually delayed our ability to file our 12th Amendment case to do with that event. Specifically encouraged everyone to stay away from the Capitol that day because I smelled a huge setup. And that's exactly what it was, as more and more evidence has come out that the FBI played a major role in that. And I've seen video of a train of black sedans leaving the Capitol before the protesters are, are essentially ushered up the steps. I mean, it's outrageous what happened that day and in every way. There never should have been the first window broken or anything like that. But also there should not have been the reaction that there was uh, to the entire situation. And prisoners are still in solitary confinement being treated worse than we treated uh, Guantanamo terrorists. So the media, of course, latching onto our conversation from the other day, spinning that narrative in any way they can to try to implicate you as having some sort of involvement in setting up that rally, that protest, uh, where American patriots, Trump supporting America First patriots, objected to a clearly tampered with, uh, we now know to be extremely fraudulent election. And that's what they're doing. They're just lying. They're doing more lying as you are asserting that Dominion is doing. So you've made this counterclaim which is laid out on your website, defendingtherepublic.org, you're asserting that Dominion brought this suit against you and your law firm to punish you, essentially for speaking out, to smear your reputation, to impair your credibility, to deflect public attention from the truth of the fraud in the election, and then punish you for drawing attention to the vulnerabilities in Dominion's machines and software. So if the judiciary were honest, if the court impartially held up the law, what would your filing do specifically to protect America's election process? Well, it will expose exactly what happened. We should get discovery with respect to all of Dominion's activities in these swing states and an opportunity to prove that everything we said was true. In the meantime, we've been collecting additional evidence that we, some of which we included in our counterclaim, some of which isn't there yet, but will be up on our website shortly, that Dominion did exactly what we said they did. They have the patents to watch the election real time, alter votes real time. We're putting the patents up on our website and they can do everything we said they can do. They can flip votes in batches through the adjudication process. They can run an algorithm. They can do everything that we have said they could do from day one. And there's every reason to believe they did it. All the math lines up with it. All the time series data lines up with it. And I just learned last night even that the time series data shows that the voting intervals in the several of the swing states were the same. Voting stopped at essentially the same time each time. Uh, the, the parallels between the states show that somebody or something was controlling it all. So what we need to make very clear for people who sit back and say, well, so what? So Sidney Powell is countersuing this company who's suing her for $1.3 billion, which they're never going to get because who has $1.3 billion just laying around anyways. 
this is all a distraction and it's a fight between Powell and Dominion. It doesn't really matter to me. But the one of the big takeaways here in any lawsuit, people who are not fighting COVID tickets, for example, that are just paying them are actually doing a disservice to people because they're lacking one thing that is discovery. And the value is in the discovery. You're saying some pretty shocking things. Who is it exactly that can watch, alter, manipulate, change votes in real time? Anybody who has access. A number of people. Uh, I mean, it could be just one person. In fact, there was a Diebold whistleblower back in 2006 that came out and said that the, the problem was that just one nefarious person could could undo the, the will of the people in an election. But in this case, I think it's likely more than do you remember who came out in 2006, guys? You remember? He's in Florida and he's running, right, for elections. He's the guy who invented the fucking flipping of the vote thing. Do you guys remember? We did a whole show on that, right? We did a whole show on that. Anybody could access it. Guess what? I could have accessed it. Why? Because I know exactly how the systems work. Everybody could have accessed it. I mean, with the right cover, non-attribution, and setup, they could have accessed it. How do you know, Tori? Well, in 2016, they had the right cover and non-attributory access to the systems, but unfortunately, their internet failed. So they had to use DHS ones that didn't give much cover. It was actually on the timestamp. So they got caught. They tried to make it look like Russians. <laughs> they got caught. Remember? It was DHS. You remember? All right. I'm pretty sure Bergie could access that shit, too. Anybody who knows how the systems work, can access it. One, and I think the real stunning part, uh, the part that really took my breath away, and the reason this is such a big fight is because all the politicians, at least the longstanding ones, have known about this problem for a long time, which leads me to believe that they have uh, participated in the benefits of it and it shows the corruption throughout the system that for at least 20 years now, somebody other than the voters of the United States of America has been determining certain elections. And this year, if not prior years, it happened to be the presidency of the United States of America in what is nothing other than a coup. And the Department of Defense knows damn well about it also those because are my they scribbles. A process That's my for scribble. That's my scribble. Election and doing That's my, exactly the my same scribble. things. Back in 2005, we'll post that patent on the website today if it isn't up there already. And they also have an, a good government has an interest in a patent that allows for the predetermination of election results. Here in the United States. Here in the United States. The military, the Department of Defense holds this particular patent that you're going to be putting up at DefendingTheRepublic.org today. Yes. Quote, the government has an interest in these patents. Yes, they do. Thank you. Unbelievable. Who said that? I and told you that. I told you that's that. That's why it has been so I hard told you that. to Over a year ago. recognition of this. You know, it's got to be the intelligence community. Thank you, Sydney, for putting it out, though. Mixed in with the defense community that are at least partly responsible for this. You know what? I'm pissed that it's out, right? But I'm grateful too, because now I could just be like, oh yeah, it's public. I don't even have to say, you know, actually out of all the documents that I had, only two were able to be publicly sourced. And I was terrified of walking in the chambers. So I have to say, 
I am grateful that Sidney Powell put it out. But I'm pissed because nobody mentioned my name. All this information I said, there's a more detailed, non-redacted affidavit version floating out around there. And, you know, that's what sucks, right? It just sucks because no one stood up for me. But I'm okay. I think it's a good thing. God knows what he's doing. And I thank Sidney Powell for putting it out. I should say that. Whether it's the whole thing, I don't know. But obviously, a very key group of extremely powerful people in the country have been running this process for years. And Dominion people are smack in the middle of it because they were also um, the same. Some of the same people were in Sequoia before this and Smartmatic and Sequoia originally or, or way back. And the same people trace through holding the same intellectual property. A very powerful and rich group of people, but not the majority of people. And their power is assumed, and it's a false power. It's not the power of God's people. It's not the power of American patriots who are fed up, who have seen enough. And, and this is just adding more. Opening the floodgates Sydney shining a, a big, huge, bright spotlight into the crevices of darkness where these cockroaches have felt comfortable looming for so many years is exactly what you're doing. And that is the purpose of the lawsuit. So if anybody has any questions about the intent, it's clear to me that that's what's happening here. You mentioned politicians, elected representatives, specifically mainstay fixtures uh, in our government that you say have known about this for a long time. What makes you say that? <laughs> for example even i think it was two years ago or maybe longer tweeted that oh they might even this time you know stop the counting of the of the votes on election night to interfere with the election i mean one of the things that the democrats and particularly that little global elitist power group does is they tell you exactly what they're going to do it's yes, they conspiracy do. and fraud yes, just flat do. out in front of your eyes. And that's what I felt also when I saw these patents. I went, holy cow, you know, th they're doing this in plain sight. Yes, they are. That's how that's mm -hmm. how strong and controlled their power is, which is why this is such a huge fight. And we also have Democrats like Jerry Nadler and Maxine Waters questioning a witness who was telling them the truth about how all this worked uh, 10 years ago or more. And I'm going to post that later at defendingtherepublic.org. That was it'll, in it'll my, blow you away. That was in my they interview. Know, they have known key you know, groups. You know what sucks? I'm telling you guys, um, even Epic Times has me voice recorded when they did that piece and pulled it down where I told them all of this shit. Every single one of them. I think, you know, Sydney putting it out protects me. I'm salty that it's out there. I'm salty that I didn't know, but you know, I don't confer with her on my case. I'm only uh, a witness in her case, but I am still angry that no one told me and that all these people are profiting, um, you know, from, from years of me putting my life at risk. It makes me sick. It just really makes me sick. The intelligence community or the government are part of it. And there is essentially this group that has been controlling our elections and, at different levels and different places for 20 years or more, contrary to the will of the voters.
We're going to have to go to paper ballots. We're going to have to go to real IDs. And there's no point giving another dime for anyone giving another dime to either political party or to any candidate to run for anything until we get paper ballots and hand counts with signatures and real ID. It is all a farce. Even if it's a candidate that you support. Your money is going right to the sewer system. Your money is going right to the water treatment facility. You're throwing it down the toilet because if something doesn't change, if we do not fix 2020, we will never have a fair election here again. Is that a hyperbolic statement? Am I overstating that? Oh, no. That is exactly right. He's right. This has to get fixed right now. He's right. We are over the edge already. I'm not sure whether we can climb back up or not. But if we're going to stay a republic, if the rule of law is to exist in this country at all ever again, we have got to fix this now. All I ever wanted from the first day after the election was the truth. I don't care where the chips fall. That's what apparently makes me so dangerous. All I want is the truth so we can fix it and get it right and have the country that God divined for us. You and over 100 million Americans, as well as a global community who, by the way, are just as equally disenfranchised by what happened here because their protections provided to them by the United States, by no, a sovereign government, no, shut up, no. have now gone away. No, no. Those countries have had this software in their machines, too. This is why there's fucking papers from researchers writing about this shit for years. It's not because we were protecting them. I mean, this guy's delusional. The truth simply is... Thank you, Sydney, for stating the truth. I mean, I can't even believe that he's like, oh, all of them are disenfranchised. No, dude, you don't even know what you're talking about. Most of the research and how these were implemented, these are weapons of war. Okay. These are weapons of war. They were created. And this is why the government has an interest in that patent so that we can go use them as war weapons. But we've been using weapons of war like this and the shadow net against um, the American people as well. So you're their enemy, which means who do they really serve? Because it's definitely not you. So let's skip over his stupid monologue there and go straight to Sydney because that made no sense. No sense. $90 million that they have used, that they have raised rather using president Trump's name for the guise of election integrity refused. Donald Trump himself personally asked Ronna Romney for $2 million of that $90 million, and she flat out refused. My question to her is why? Why are you, why are you refusing to support President Trump? She's got to go along because with- they're part of the problem. They are part of the problem. The entrenched political class is a huge part of the problem, along with the entrenched government control freaks that think they know better than the rest of us. I, I got to go here, but why Why does President Trump then continue to praise these people publicly, openly? I have no idea. I don't understand it at all. All of them need to go. Every single one of them. Down to the That's janitor. Right. Sydney Powell, God bless you. Uh- Sydney Powell did amazing. Okay? She said exactly what she needed to say. I simply adore her for that. But I can't stand it when tools talk about things that they don't know. Oh, jeez. So I got really, really pissed because they're profiting off of it, right? And then they'll be like, oh, it's, uh, what did they, they say? Oh, oh, that's already come out. No, it didn't. 
it didn't come out. It wasn't supposed to, but I guess now I get to get all that stuff from Sidney Powell to use for my case in a couple weeks. So that's fantastic. So I should be grateful. God works in really crazy ways. But when I saw my scribble on his screen and him talking, I, it blew my top. I'm like, great. So everyone's going to take this and run with it. I'm going to tell you this straight. I know a lot of people don't think it, but Sidney Powell really loves her country. She's an outstanding attorney from what I've seen from her work. Remember the writ of mandamus she did in General Flynn's case? That got shit going. So she's a very smart woman, right? Very smart. And she was completely ousted from anything for whatever reason, right? For whatever reason. But I'm angry because none of them will say, damn, you know, there's just, you know, I've, I've done this for so long. It's, it's, it's exhausting. I sound like Bergie now. Damn it. I totally sound like Bergie. I'm exhausted. You know, I'm constantly saying and saying and saying and saying and, and pointing and pointing and no one's doing anything. There's no good people out there. Like Sidney Powell said, I don't know why he's doing it. She said, right. Makes no sense. They all have to go. And guys, I already told you, we're going to give them an October surprise in regards to the election. I'm still simmering on that. Still simmering on that. So before we cut to a break and, um, well, no, we have to play this video, uh, from the Hill talking about, um, Sidney Powell, uh, and January 6th plan to have Justice Alito flip the election where she talked about it, where she was going to file the 12th amendment thing and how she was because of the, the, the setup that the feds had, you know, you know, what's funny. <laughs> so weird. Federique, right? Well, number one fed. How many of these people that are still playing influencers are feds? Honestly, do you know, I could tell you it's most of them. I could tell you it's most of them. I could tell you that when on January 5th, all I could see was a damn operation. And I was trying to figure out who was running that bitch. That's all I did. Take pictures, walk around. Patrick Berger will tell you, I didn't even sit there and rub elbows with all of them. I was sitting around outside having cigarettes with my listeners that were in the area and casing the place. That's all I did was case the place to figure out who was doing it. And then I cased the place on January 6th. And Bergie says that I was acting very shifty. <laughs> I needed to find out who was, who was doing this. And when I saw that there were issues in the lineups and, and suddenly people were not doing this and that, I was like, wait a minute, now I'm getting closer. So, you know, she saw it too. Here's what they had to say. Powell has sketched out a little bit of what the January 6th plan actually was. Let's take a listen to this latest clip. Yes, we were filing a 12th Amendment constitutional challenge to the process that the Congress was about to use under the Electoral Act provisions that simply don't jive with the 12th Amendment to the United States Constitution. And Justice Alito was our circuit justice for that. Louis Gohmert was the plaintiff in our lawsuit. And we were suing the vice president to follow the 12th Amendment as opposed to the electoral 
Count Act, so or Electoral College Act. So that was the the main point. And Nancy Pelosi had finagled to file an amicus brief in it. There had been inside goings on in Congress whereby I believe it was Steve Scalise and McCarthy kept her from being an actual party. She wanted to work her way into the case as a party, but somehow politically that didn't happen. But so she got noticed when we made her filing because she wanted to file an amicus brief or had filed an amicus brief. And uh, then, you know, everything broke loose and she had to really speed up reconvening Congress to get the vote going before Justice Alito might have issued. So I'm trying to point this out to you. Let me walk you through this because you probably missed this. They were going in there and they were giving them paperwork saying, hey, um, instead of you using this act to like do whatever, um, maybe you should use the 12th Amendment and you should because it's a civil right. It's this. It's in the Constitution, blah, 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 blah. It's higher than a congressionally passed act. It's a constitutional right. So it was a good argument. So what they were doing is they were going in there to put it down there, right, to submit that case. And then all this chaos happened. So Pelosi wanted to interject, but she couldn't, right? So she was pissed. So suddenly all this shit happened and someone got shot. And guess what? She had to speed up the vote because all this stuff was happening. Think about it. Let me, let me, let's just take a pause for a second, right? Let's all pretend all of us are, you know, are Congress, okay? All of us are Congress. We're all representatives and we're in this room and there's a lot of pissed off people about these elections and the country has been split in freaking two with these elections. And I don't want them to get their way, right? I'm Pelosi. I don't want them to get their way, but I can't make it seem like I don't want them to get their way, even though I've tried everything like Sidney Powell told you, she tried to intervene as an amicus brief but, you know, to come in as, what is it, amicus curiae, I think the term is. Uh, it's how you kind of add yourself to a case, kind of like the affidavits you're filing. They're being filed as evidence, as evidence but other people can come in and just file an amicus uh, curiae document, which is like friend of the court, friend of the case, someone that has an interest in the case. Anyway, so Sidney Powell just explained to you that, um, you know, Pelosi couldn't do that. And then suddenly all this shit happened really quickly. And instead of Pelosi saying, oh, we might be at risk. Oh, maybe we should stop this and pause this. I know we have to do this, but this is a hot mess. We can't do it. Instead, she sped up the vote before they could go to court. Right? Before they could go to court, Pelosi sped up the vote. Almost like she planned that shit as a way to stymie the court filing. I mean, Sydney's telling you what happened that you didn't know about. She was telling you what was happening in the background. An injunction to stop it all, which is what should have happened. <laughs> and so, it, so it appears what she's trying to say is that they had Louis Gomer, great, great plaintiff. Naturally. <laughs> who, who else do you want if you're going to go into a constitutional crisis than the Honorable Louis Gohmert. So they had Louis Gohmert as their plaintiff. And they're, so they're suing under uh, the 12th Amendment, which right. is the Electoral College-related am amendment, saying that the vice president has to do X, Y, Z. Right. And they drew Justice Alito as their 
Supreme Court justice. And they're hopeful that Alito is going to issue some type of injunction and, and advise that the vice president must do X, Y, Z. Uh, that's the whole plot seems to have been foiled by Nancy Pelosi quickly reconvening the house, Mike Pence gaveling everything through, uh, things are certified, things move through. So, you know, yada, 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 it's all over. Uh, but it does seem like it's at least it's a plan. Like that, like the Supreme Court had already rejected every, every, all of their efforts. So it seems like absolute wishful thinking at the very best that Alito would, would entertain Louis Gohmert's like Hail Mary bid on January none 6th. Of, none but, of this was ever right. <laughs> was ever going yeah. to work. I mean, I remember having conversations with Republicans, conservative, you know, Trump supporters, um, even people, you know, people in media yeah. while this is all happening. And I'm like, you do realize, right, that none of this is going to work. And they're like, right. well, wait and see. We got to wait mm-hmm. and see. I'm telling you, 100% guarantee Joe Biden is going to be sworn in as the next president. Nothing you're saying will add up to anything. The Supreme Court will never hear this in a trillion years. And they kept saying, well, I don't know. How do you know? Because they, they won't. Because there's right. no argument. Right. There's no team in place. This lady is crazy. All yeah. of these people are crazy whom Trump is relying on. Um, She's facing defamation right. charges oh out the wazoo. I mean, Bill Barr knew it was... Knew it was listen, no, listen to this guy who still probably has some eggs shell from his mom's egg on his ass this this little kid just got spit out from somewhere and he's got an opinion he's talking shit on Sidney powell it's disgusting it's really really disgusting like where's that like wipe your sock boy no no you just didn't but anyway thank you patrick for sending me that uh, video of tom that's what i needed um we played this before on my show we talked about this before but um i'm gonna share this with you Again, remember Tom, who was running for office in Florida, but he had testified in front of Congress to say that he was hired by a guy in Florida. (laughs) I was there like, stop it. Like, I knew this from day one. Like, we've been doing this for forever. And he testified in Congress to say, yeah, we've been stealing elections since then. Here he is. Testifying. Mr. Curtis, would you please state your full name for the record? My uh, name is Clinton Eugene Curtis. And where do you reside? Tallahassee, Florida. And what is your profession? I'm a computer programmer. Wait, I just want to say Tom Feeney was the one that actually paid him, but he slipped and he said it was freaking George Bush. And I'll tell you what, when we had done the whole Chad's thing, right? Electronic voting was important, but they really, really sucked. So we needed something better. So so more people were coming. And then we sold the really shitty ones to Venezuela. Just so you understand where this Venezuela conversation is coming from. Because it seems legit, but it's really not. Would you please speak into the microphone so the audience can hear your testimony? I'm a computer programmer. Mr. Curtis, are there programs that can be used to secretly fix elections? Yes. How do you know that to be the case? Because in October of 2000, I wrote a prototype for President Congressman Tom Feeney. President slash Congressman Tom Feeney. I was there when they were picking the people in 99 of who to go to. Are you listening? I was fucking there. Like me, my body sitting there when I was told people, you know, why would we do this? Well, and and I didn't know if it was for the U.S. at the time. Why, why would we do this? Um, it's because 
you know, people are too stupid to be able to pick their leaders on their own. Do you know what chaos that would cause? They're just too dumb. Uh-huh. 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 Okay. At the company I work for in Oviedo, Florida, that did just that. And when you say just, did just that, it would rig an election? It would flip the vote 51-49 to whoever you wanted it to go to and whichever race you wanted to win. And would that program that you designed be something that elections officials that might be on county boards of elections could detect? They'd never see it. Mr. Would you answer that question once again? They would never see it. So how would such a, such a program, a secret program that uh, fixes the election, how could it be detected? You would have to view it either in the source code or you'd have to have a receipt and then count the hard paper against the actual vote total. Other than that, you won't see it. All right, Mr. Curtis, uh, if you had been asked, you or others with your professional expertise had been asked to design a protective program to, that would protect the Ohio elections from against, against such software to fix the election. Are you guys listening? Are you guys listening? Are you guys listening? Here comes who, who, what am I, crazy? I went down there. I told all of these fuckers, we've been fixing your elections for 20 years, right? We invented this shit. We made this shit. I was there when we planned this shit. But, you know, let's focus on some other shit. So, um... Curtis is in Florida. He was actually running this year, which was really weird. Feeney's still there. Uh, you saw how he said president. I mean, Feeney. <laughs> so awesome. Wait, you should hear his testimony. And this totally stands up in court because it's sworn testimony where he was testifying about rigging elections with voting software in 2006. Could you have done so? If we've been asked to make a program that can fix the election, sure, anybody can do it. No, could you have designed a program or a procedure or a protocol that would have protected Ohio against this kind of rigging? No, you have to look at the source code. You have to get probably programmers from both or all parties to look at the source code and determine if there's anything in there that shouldn't be there. I mean, it's a simple program. You're adding one to a person's total. It's 100 lines of code tops. There's all right. If are you aware of whether there was any protective action in Ohio against this kind of vote rigging through software? I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. You were, you were not asked to assist in the development of any protective system, is that correct? No, I was not. In Europe, have you uh, reviewed at all the election results in Ohio? No, I haven't. Okay. Given the availability of such uh, vote rigging software, and the testimony that has been given under oath of substantial statistical anomalies and gross dis dis differences between exit polling data and the actual tabulated results. Do you have an opinion whether or not Ohio election, the Ohio election, presidential election, was hacked? Yes, I would say it was. I mean, if, you're, if you have exit polling data that is significantly off from the vote, then it's probably hacked. And your testimony is under oath. Yes, sir. So I'm going to tell you something. Um, source code is proprietary to the owner. And um, that's correct. State wedge. Super correct. But here's the thing. What if 
the source code is inspected by an independent third party that is proprietary that keeps that, you know, um, <clears throat> keeps that integrity going that happens to be connected indirectly to the company that they're inspecting. But get this. What if the people inspecting it aren't really independent people, but are actually working for places like fucking Siza? Oh, then you mean the government's checking the source code, but the government's not telling the company it's working for. It's like, hey, yeah, you know, I'm coder XYZ for company, this NCC group, but I also work for Homeland Security and the FBI. Listen, when you see people wearing a lot of hats, when they do a lot of jobs, when they have uh, an alphabet soup after their name, sometimes they'll have 10 alphabet soups. Sometimes they'll have MBA, no MBA, coder, this. They change. They're usually fucking spooks. Okay? So you got a spook in the middle of this that I identified, right? And since NCC Group checks escrow, I was able to identify him. See, I can see ghosts like me. And so it's it's really, really fun to watch how all this plays out, though. <laughs> I'm really frustrated. So this happened before. They knew about it. And here's the thing. He's testifying for the machines that they already sold, not the new machines. So this is another, oh, well, we're getting rid of them. Guess what? We're bringing new ones. That's right. We had new algorithms. Better shit. The testimony you've given is true. Yes, sir. Thank you. Who did you say you were asked to prepare? I was asked by Tom Feeney. He's now a congressman. At that time, he was... Uh, Speaker of the House of Florida, Yang Enterprises, which is the company I work for, lobbyist, and their corporate attorney. Who wore a lot of hats. And at the time, he was the Speaker of the House of Florida. Is that what you said? Yes. Okay, thank you. Wore a lot of hats. So Tom Feeney, in other words, is an asset of the agency. Did you say he was the, the lobbyist for the voting machine company at the same time he was Speaker of the House? I don't know what the voting machine company is. He was a lobbyist for Yang Enterprises. We had NASA contracts. And, and Yang Enterprises did what? Computers? Computers. Okay, and he was your lobbyist? Your he was lobbyist. lobbyist for that company, yes. And he asked you to design a to, see, to design a code to rig an election? Yes. While he was Speaker of the Florida House? Yes. This was during or previous to the 2000 election? Yes, October, end of September. And did he ever express why he wanted a code to rig an election? No, I immediately assumed that they were trying to keep you guys from cheating them. So, <laughs> so I wrote up the documentation of what you would look for in the source code, how you would make sure that you didn't get, you know, taken advantage of, make sure that all voting machines had receipts because that way you could back count the ones that looked a little funny. And I handed it over. By receipts, you mean a paper trail? Yes, paper trail. And I handed that in to Mrs. Yang and said, here's your report, here's your program. And she said, you don't understand, we need to hide the fraud in the source in the source code. Hide the fraud, not reveal the fraud. Not reveal the fraud because it's needed to, to control the vote in South Florida, was what she said. That's what she said. To your, knowledge, to your knowledge, was this used? I have no idea. I I was ready to leave. So, <laughs> so and I retired and left the company. Your testimony a moment ago, I think you said just before you left and answered the Congresswoman Tudor Jones question, that, 
Would you just repeat what you said in terms of uh, the, the uh, exit polls? Oh, the exit polls should not be significantly different from the vote. And if they were, you would conclude what? I would conclude someone's playing with the vote. Now with the exit polls? That's possible too. Okay. Something, something is definitely skewed. Something is skewed in one or the other of Right. To select which one, you'd have to see where the problem is. Let me ask you one further question. Assuming for the moment that such software, that's what you call it, such software to, to rig a vote was used in one or more machines in Ohio or in Florida, could you today detect that if you looked at the source code? If you could get the machines and they have not been patched yet, I mean, once they get in and touch them, anything can happen. You can also set timers to do that, but then you see the timers. Then you'd have to take those machines, decompile them, which I couldn't do, but possibly a Microsoft, an MIT, something to do. You might, you might be able to see it. You might. Not depends on how good they are at destroying what they had. Destroying what they had by tampering with the machine afterwards or by programming a, a destroyed uh, instruction in the first place? Right. Because since you didn't vote, either or both, either or both, you, you didn't actually see what's in there, so you don't know if the code is running in a single executable or running in various modules. If it's running modules, you can make the code actually eat itself. Oh, you mean all the shit that Tori was talking about? You know, the frogs running scripts, deploying, maybe uh, erasing itself. You know, shit like that. But you know, whatever. Right? Let's go chase fucking suitcases for the question we i have heard i've been told that people who assume that lots of the election results or that a large fraction of the election result in any state may have been affected by uh, deliberate fraud in the computer are are paranoid because the, in order to do that you have to have access to thousands of machines and that that would be readily detectable. To what extent is that true? It depends on the technology you use. If you did a central tabulation machine that fed in, all you'd have to do is set a flag. You set a flag, the central, tabula tab central tabulation machine would then flip your vote. So if you... So one person putting in bad code in a central tabulation machine in fact, thousands and thousands or tens of thousands of votes. Right. And you could activate and you could activate either automatically or you could make it so that there's code existing on like an electronic machine that feeds it where you would punch it in, it would set the flag, the server would see the flag and then And if you had a recount uh, and there were no like, no paper trail, would that be assuming that that had happened, would that be revealable by seeing a discrepancy between what the tabulator central tabulator showed? Want the individual machines which have not been tampered with showed? Not if I wrote it. Why not? In other words, in other words, I would make a match. You could you could work back to the tabulator to the individual machines, so the tabulator would tell the machines to switch their results. Yes, talks both ways. You can limit to whatever you need. And they actually did talk to each other. The, yes. the machines as long as they hooked up, as long as it's networked together, they could talk to each other. So in other words, there is absolutely no assurance whatsoever and anything with regard to these machines? Absolutely none, unless you look at the source code and make sure it's safe before it goes out. Thank you very much. Thank you, Congressman Mathers. Uh, I know that Congresswoman Waters has a question, then Senator Miller, and then Congresswoman Maxine, Maxine's gonna ask him some more questions. So I, I know all of you 
that or most of you that are listening were alive back then and voting. You missed that, right? That's because nobody paid attention. And I was there when we put out the RFP. I mean, I was briefed on it, right? I mean, I don't know how much more I could spell it out. I, I don't know what I could have done, but let's listen to Maxine. This is a longer video than the one I played, I don't know, maybe like a year ago to you guys. Let me touch Jones. This will only take a moment if you would come back to the... Uh, <laughs> I knew this. Uh, as you know, um, there there has been a lot of uh, discussion about, uh, I think it was Debold, um company, their relationship to the president and, and the administration, and supposedly comments about um, helping to ensure uh, that the president was reelected. In your world, in your environment, uh, have you heard any of this kind of discussion? Do you know people? Who for people, uh, do you have any sense of any um, actions that may have been taken? I don't know anything about that at all. Thank you. Sorry. Senator Miller. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, sir. I suspect people will attack you in terms of your credibility. Could you restate once again your, your credentials? Uh, I'm a programmer. I work for NASA, work for ExxonMobil, work for... Um, for Department of Transportation, and other elements of my story, because this company, well, let's get into it, why not? <laughs> this company also had NASA contracts, and they were basically downloading tons of information, I mean, gigabytes worth, and handing off to this little Chinese guy named Henry Nee, and it didn't seem right, and he was hacking things, and I wrote a program for DOT that allowed contractors to send their information into DOT, and he was kind of the quality assurance guy for software. He put a wiretapping module in the program that went out to the contractors so that it actually sent everything they sent back to Yang. I reported all this, and just last March, I think, he was arrested for attempting to send anti-tank missile ships to the capital of communist China. So, that's correct. This is such a small thing. <laughs> I think he only got a $100 fine. And no time. Thank you. Thank you. Congresswoman Stephanie Tepps Jones. Thank you. Thank you. We're, we are now going to... Uh, back to the public testimony and... So there, that tells you... That okay, I'm back. That was super weird. I was disconnected accidentally. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, I was there when they planned it, when they when they planned the hanging chads and they planned the, 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 the whole machinery. I was there when they got the new ones. I was there when they deployed it for the first time when we tested the software. I was there. I was there. Tori, you're so bad. You could have said something. Really? <laughs> How do you say something? Like Who would I tell? Let me guess. I should go to CNN, right? Wait, hold on a second. Maybe I should go to the then president of the United States, Bush, right? Who was the one that paid for that shit? All right, wait, wait a minute. Let me make it. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Um, 
Maybe I should have went to the Secretary of Defense. Huh? Who's running point? <laughs> Maybe CIA, DNI. I don't know. Tell me, tell me where I could have gone. The media? Hmm? The media? Where would I went? Where would I go? Where would I go? Instead, 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 all I could do was watch, learn, and collect information. And when I saw someone like Alistair, I approached him. I approached many senators and congresspersons that I knew had clearance, usually in disguise. Or sometimes I would just drop, you know, at that time we had like those floppy disks, not the really big ones, but the hard floppy disks, right? With information in their office. Uh, microfilms, pictures, hoping that one of them would have done the right thing. One of them, but nobody did, right? And this is where we can actually make it happen. And that's what counts. That is exactly what counts. So when someone says, you work for them, you were horrible. It's like, yeah, you're lucky I, I was working for them. And you're lucky I was with all these horrible people and did horrible things. Well, I didn't do very horrible things. I did horrible things. I did. I didn't directly, but indirectly, those became very horrible things. So what should I have done? Should I have just, oh, I quit. And I'm not going to tell anyone about this. And you guys are going to go on doing this shit forever and ever and ever, right? Is that what I should have done? What should I have done? Because a lot of people have a lot of, you know, input on that. What is, what is a whistleblower that can't blow any fucking whistles legally do? How does he do it? He fucks their shit up. That's what they do. They collect information. They look at things and they fuck shit up. Oops. UBS. Be surprised how many chats I had with these brand new freaking interns. HSBC. Oops. How many chats I had with those guys when they were doing the audits. Oops. Who actually flagged the SEC on amalgamated and shit. Oops. You know, just things, random stuff. Just when they did really bad stuff, you would punish them in other ways. Enron, oil, this, that, nuclear. That's how whistleblowers blow whistles. You don't see it. This is why I said there's a ton of people that are rank and file that see all this stuff and they don't want to happen. Those that have the balls to agitate them and expose things the way they can, right? To give an opening and hope someone will take that opportunity. That's how it happens. I was all the way, there was no one more qualified than me that they would come to to put together operational planning. I was the best. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, <laughs> for those in operations can see it, but I was the best. I, that was my thing. They trained me well from a very young age. I was very good at what I did. So again, you know, I remember my dad, <laughs> I miss him so much. I, he was the only person that, you know, I had said anything to. I couldn't, I would lie to my mom of what I was doing. You guys have no idea how shitty my life was. I couldn't even tell anybody what I did. So he was someone that I had, you know, put some confidence in because he had worked for the agency himself at some point. He was tapped and um, back with the whole mafia stuff. But anyway, you know, I was telling him, you know, something that I saw in two, 2005 that 
freak me out. And um, he said, well, you can't tell anyone. You can't do anything. So just keep doing what you're doing. And I mean, you've got a great memory, so you'll know when it's time. So that's the only thing you can do. See, they don't go after people they know can cause harm. You'd be like Assange can cause harm. Yeah, he did. But it's not Assange they want. They want his sources. They want his networks. They want to know how they how he evades their networks. They want to know how he gets in touch with these people. You see, methods are more important than the person, right? Snowden, the same thing. He was a contractor. He did what he did. Great job, right? You were duped because they were expecting things and they responded in certain ways. They were operation upon operation. But why aren't they snowdening me or why aren't they, you know, um, assanging me? That's because I wrote most of the fucking playbooks. And they know exactly what I'm capable of. And the only thing I'm after is truth. And the only thing I'll stick to is truth. Everybody else they can go after. You can't go after one of your best. Because your best is going to tear you down in a heartbeat. So best that when I was high, I was, when I was under, I don't know, was it truth serum? What is I drugged? I remember that, that time where I disappeared, uh, to get questioned or interrogated, whatever you want to call it. I was actively lying during the in interrogation, knowingly and willingly. Okay. I was, I am at that level, right? Where I was like, at some point I could feel that I was waking up. And I was like, oh, my God, I have to deflect. Let me change the way my face looks. <laughs> Something. But I was constantly saying I didn't have anything to hide anyway. Like, I don't really care. But when they were asking me very, very, uh, very specific triggered memory questions, that's where I would wake up. So it didn't work on that one. Even though I thought the whole conversation was an hour, it was literally like five or six. So obviously, I don't remember most of it. <laughs> but, but, but. The only time that I that I um, actively was thinking was when I felt pain. There are a lot of things. Like, I'm very easy to talk to. I have no problem showing emotion. But when you trigger a point to me where it's extreme pain, I will be numb as fuck, and I will not address it at all. That's just me. Um, because that is where my real vulnerability lies. I'm soft and everything. But right there, you just, that's like, it's like locked away, dipped in carbon fiber. It's like shh, locked away. So this is how I compartmentalize. I mean, in 2019, if I wasn't doing my show or focusing on this election fraud and having Millie and Gavin uh, keep me working, I, I probably would have off myself with the things that happened in my life. Um, so compartmentalization is very important and you have to be able to do it at high altitudes, no altitudes, subterranean, right? Under um, chemical attacks, under drugs, you know, they test that stuff and it's fucking hard as shit to compartmentalize. Um, so it's really hard. They train them. And this is why we have that affidavit from that Lieutenant Colonel who, um, you know, the physician who said she's not, she's probably going to ground people that are special forces and that fly because they're supposed to be going up into space, right? 
under like, you know, in the air in high altitude and they're supposed to be thinking and doing math. This is how they train you. You know, uh, they, they even have, um, uh, things that mimic space, like, uh, the galactic shuttles, uh, that they go up and then you get like a temporary, like zero G effect until they drop back in. So they kind of, they, they break out and then they come in They're actual airplanes that do that. Um, and this is how, um, you know, you, you train. I, I remember the first time I was uh, thrown out of, uh, you know, uh, an air vehicle over water. It wasn't that high up, but I remember that when I was jumping down, someone screamed, holy shit, is that a shark? Guys, I pissed myself like midair, just thinking that there might've been a shark there. I pissed myself. I am not shy. I am not embarrassed to admit it. I totally really peed myself. And, um, you know, because you have to learn how to, you know, think and do things in weird places. And this was just like a, like a, it was like an exercise. It's kind of like a defensive driving, right? Th those are cool. For what you got, you learn how to defensive drive. Uh, that was the most fun I had, actually. And you know I'm short, too. So it's like I'm the person that rolls up to the ATM or the ticket dispenser, and I have to open my door because I'm too short. No matter how big. And if the car is big, then I still have to open the door because I can't reach over, you know, kind of like that. So um, anyway, I just wanted to say <laughs> I'm glad all of this is coming out now because uh, I believe that it's the right time and it didn't come from me. Therefore, it must be the right time because anything that comes out of the whistleblower's mouth is never the right time. So we're going to take a break before we um, segue into talking a little bit about um, the Project Veritas expose on the Johnson & Johnson vaccines, which was pretty weird. Like I was watching that and I was like, what is going on here? So these guys work for the company and they got the vaccine, but they're like, don't get the vaccine. So bizarre. Um Take a listen to this. Paranoia is in bloom, the PR transmissions will resume. They'll try to push drugs to keep us all dumbed down and hope that we will never see the truth around. Another promise, another seed, another package lie to keep us trapped in greed. You see the green belt wrapped around our minds, endless red tape to keep the truth confined. That's a badass cover, no? Badass cover. So welcome back. I think that we should um, get into the Project Veritas expose. Um, YouTube, I can't stream to anymore. I have strikes because apparently my information is dangerous. So I'm going to lay off on it, let those strikes go, and then, you know, go back to it whenever. It's just another channel. I mean, uh, it's the last one that I had that I could stream to. All the others I'm not allowed to stream to, so whatever. The Tory Says one uh, that, that was the OG channel that has like 76,000 followers. That one, I'm not even allowed to live stream. I can only upload, and then they check my shit, and I have to wait for an hour to put it up. 
So I'm just letting you uh, know that. Um, so let's get into this. This vaccine stuff is really coming down. And you know what I noticed? Puerto Rico has the first uh, federal case, actually, that's going to question the whole mandation, the mandating of the vaccines. Now, that that is a little bit concerning, considering it's coming from Puerto Rico. They're not officially a state. I get it. But it is a very big deal because precedent is what we have to worry about. This is why I'm like so protective with what you guys are doing, right? I don't want it to fail. I don't want someone going in because like in Arizona, some other tools were upset that they weren't going to put their name on it. Someone volunteered to put their name on it. They wanted to be first or whatever. They filed in, it got thrown out. But the original uh, case, you know, from the people of the Tory says group is still there and active. So it's really, really important um, that, you know, we, we, we ensure that there is process and, and done correctly, unified way, uh, because sometimes people file things so that way they can sabotage other things. So that's very important. And, and that's what I'll end with today in regards to the federal cases, the directions we've taken. Okay, let's go with this. So if it were your kid, if it were your kid, mm -hmm. would you get them vaccinated? I don't think they need it. So what would you say? Homeschool or get the vaccine? Meet scientists Justin Durant and regional business lead Brandon Shad, officials with pharma giant Johnson & Johnson. Both men echo startling admissions about their own company's COVID vaccine and their concerns on long-term repercussions for children. Right. Not something that's so unknown. So would you say we don't know the repercussions of it? I mean, how could you? Right? There's nobody who's 30 years in that said, hey, I got the vaccine, I don't have a third eyeball. So what do you think this is about? Do you think it's about the money? Politics, money. Okay, so then if you think that babies like don't need to get vaccinated, why do you think there's such a strong push for it? Justin Durant, scientist at Johnson & Johnson, is clear on one thing. Don't get this vaccine. And he doesn't want you to know that he said that. He even texted our journalist reminding her to keep what he said secret, saying if the public found out, he could get in mad trouble. Tell her to not get the Johnson and Johnson one. Don't get the Johnson and Johnson. Despite these doubts, Durant appears to embrace his company's role in pushing policies that quote inconvenience the unvaccinated into second rate citizens. And as to what the media is saying about the Johnson and Johnson vaccine? So you said I shouldn't trust the media. In no capacity, she's waiting. I think the government doesn't want to show that the darn vaccine is full of shit. 
needs to be a registry of the people who are vaccinated. That's sounding very germany. I'm gonna go door to door and stab everyone. Oh, it's just your booster shot. She didn't want to take it because of her religious beliefs. She was coerced into taking it. They are not reported, but they want to show it on the, the map. Do you think it's about the money? Why do you think there's such a strong push for it? Laws like that, if you want to go to a bar, you need to come to the food. That's like inconvenience these people so much. They're just like, I can't. So that's, that's what we need to do. In the midst of the growing nationwide vaccine mandates, including mandates for young students, Duran leaves no question about this. Do not take the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, he says. Inconvenience the unvaccinated is something he says, quote, we need to do. Inconvenience them to the point where it's like, it's the odd, like, not the odd, but I'm not as much as I can't go out of state, I can't, my grandma in Canada, I can't visit her, I can't visit it's just, Or get the vaccine. Honestly, I don't think it needs to be. Just me. Why not? You can spread to other people. 
you know, because you're a kid. You know? mm-hmm. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. What about it is terrible in your eyes? It's the same concept of like you don't do things to kids. You don't put kids do certain things in your kid's Right. Right. Not something that's um, so unknown in terms of the repercussions down the road. So, would you say we don't know the repercussions of it? I mean, how could you? There's nobody who's 30 years in that said, hey, I got the vaccine, I don't have a third eyeball. So you're probably loving work right now. It's weird because you know, they order us to take the J and J vaccine. It just wasn't the effect of this, but like. So you didn't take it? Oh no, I did. I took it. Oh, you took it. Okay, yeah. So why is everyone leaning away from the Johnson and Johnson? Right. So it could be in part like an FU, I'm not going to get your vaccine if you can force me to do this. It right. could be too because people still trust it. But never Johnson and Johnson. Why though? 60% thing in the blood clots. Brandon Shack goes on to explain his views and that the problem boils down to a lack of transparency within J&J for both political and financial reasons. What do you think this is about? Do you think it's about the money? What? What do you mean? Politics, money. A lot of people trying to make the right decision, but being stuck in their position of like being influenced by somebody to go one side or the other. I don't think anybody's going to say anything either. Why not? People are private, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What? You can change it. They're private? Like, if something bad is going on, like, all right. The 13 years that I've been there, uh, at least my time in consumer products, they've had Tylenol that was based on, like, cyanide. Something bad happened there. They had the recall products. I don't know if I trust people. I don't know if I trust, like, what the media tells us, you know. So you said I shouldn't trust the media? Right. Right. What do you mean by that? No capacity should be It is startling to hear employees of one of the largest pharmaceutical companies in the world refusing the very products they develop. If you are part of one of these big pharma giants, we invite you to reach out to us at VeritasTips at ProtonMail.com. Be brave. Do something. How many people are going to be brave and do something? We need more. It makes me so happy when I see people coming forward themselves, getting caught, not so much. I mean, you know, that trolley part of us are like, yeah, you deserve this. You're bad. Right. But, you know, in your heart, you kind of say, well, why didn't you just say it yourself? Like, why can't these guys just be whistleblowers? Why is it that, you know, we have to wait for someone to catch you? Like that's, that's, that's not okay. Right. It would have been better if they came out themselves. Like, where's the humanity in that? Why aren't people doing it themselves? Why aren't they like, you know, 
maybe I should, I don't know, tell the world because this kind of sucks. But no, they won't because it's not the way this reality construct is supposed to work. We're all supposed to wait for it. We're all supposed to suffer, right? Because that's how it's enjoyed more. Your pain is enjoyed more. It's just, it's horrible. Come on, guys, we have to admit. I mean, we've been talking about everything that had to do with the vaccine before people were talking about the vaccine, right? And it, and and why? It's to get you ready for what you're really going to hear. And you're going to be like, wait a minute, I already know this. I've already digested this. I am okay with this, right? That's the whole reason. This is why I give you the information in advance is to make you be able to digest it better. Just like I had played this how many times? I, I, I said this before. I, I, I uh, People would ask me, knowing what you know now, do you wish like you had a, sec, a, a third term? Um, and I, I used to say, you know what, if, if I could make an arrangement where um, I had, a, I had a, a stand in a front man or front woman and, and they had an earpiece in and I was just in my basement in my sweats mm-hmm. looking through the stuff and then I could sort of deliver the lines, but somebody else was uh, doing all the talking and ceremony. Wow. I, I'd be fine with it. That sounds treasonous. Yet they both laughed about it. <laughs> oh, stupid peasants. They really think they're in control. We all know who's in control. It's the new gods. Hopefully many of you have watched American Gods and understand what I mean by it. Because once you watch that show, you'll understand the dynamic between Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. Barack Obama could not stand Hillary Clinton. She's old gods. And Barack Obama's new gods, right? He didn't even want Biden because he's considered old gods. But it's not really him, so it's okay. There's more control. I mean, Gutierrez is having a field day. But here's Nancy Pelosi reinforcing what's really going on. Keep government open. We intend, we have to do those imminently, uh, more imminently even uh, to address the full Obama agenda of building back better with, and I love to say building back better. Huh. Not one reporter said, uh, Obama, what? Not one reporter, not one reporter was like, did you just say Obama building back better? Wait a minute. But you know, if you were listening to me a couple years ago during the Trump presidency, I was telling you how there was a shadow presidency going on and how we're going to have another one, which we are. And so how that happened was with their transition documents, right? I walked you through that. I told you how they were left over. I think Millie, a year after I was reporting on that, actually did a report somewhere. It's got to be somewhere in one of her videos um, where there were Obama holdovers everywhere. Um, And that's what was important. Uh, We had the Obama holdovers. um, And uh, this is how they segued everything they did and made sure they had the right people next to them. So... Uh, the holdovers were actually people that were working within the White House, you know, under the guise of not whatever, <laughs> within 
you know, the DNI. You had Obama's former weapons of mass destruction clown heading HR for the Department of National Intelligence. I want you guys to understand that concept. She went from weapons of mass destruction to looking at resumes and seeing who needs to be fired and putting the taps on the right people when they seem suspect. Is that not, you know, remember Aaron, that little bitch? Yeah, her. So it's like so, so weird. So weird that no one saw it. Everyone claimed, why, I, you know, stop. You willingly didn't see it, just like the media willingly doesn't see anything. So speaking of willingly wanting to see, right, uh, I wanted to just remind you guys that tomorrow there is no Tory Says Show. I will be traveling. Um, I will be back on Thursday live. Um, for those of you that are in Arizona, right? Thursday, I would highly suggest you're in Phoenix. Highly suggest it. Uh, you know, uh, highly suggest it. Now, on that note, I'm going to wish you guys a fantastic evening. I have to get up quite early tomorrow because I have a very early flight. So I actually have to pack my bags and my equipment. Um, I want to wish you guys a fantastic evening. And you know what? I am salty. I'm super salty. I just want someone to say, you know, you know how, what was it when we were kids that they would, you know, when you'd play really hard outside and then you'd come in, your grandma or your mom would pet your head because you scuffed your knee and your boogers are running because you're crying. And they're like, it's okay. It's over now. Rest. I really wish someone would say that. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> someone pets my head and says it's over. Everything's fine now. You can rest. But, you know, I guess, you know, that's kind of selfish, but whatever. I'm okay with that. I own that. I am kind of selfish on that. That's what I want. Oh, I thought that we should just share a little bit of humor because this is going to be very important coming up in Illinois. Be careful. Don't go to any organized things. You might. Hello, Ali Akbar. It's me, your favorite Lord and Savior, Jesus. I had a prayer request from a war dog named Thought Crimes. He uh, really prayed for your soul. And uh, I just wanted to let you know that accusing people of fraud after being busted for committing credit card fraud and also breaking into cars to get those said credit cards makes you look like a hypocrite. Not to mention getting blackmail on various people to do evil unspeakable things is just wrong especially when you do these horrible sins while invoking my name as a holy man speaking of invoking my name you should tell your boy toy to stop screaming my name while having funsies in the bedroom it's kind of awkward repent and thou shalt be saved by the way Peter isn't into any of those types of favors you give people while snapping pictures. Have a blessed day.
got to walk around the world to ease my troubled mind. I left my body laying somewhere in the sands of time, but I watched the world flow to the dark side of the moon. I fear there's nothing I can do. Yeah. I watch the world flow to the dark side of the moon. After all, I knew it had to be something to do with you. I really don't mind what happens now and then. As long as you be my friend at the end. If I go crazy, then who used to call me Superman? If I'm alive and rubble, you'll be there holding my hand. I'll keep you by my side with my superhuman night, kryptonite. <laughs> You call me strong, you call me weak, but still your secrets I will keep. I took for granted all the times I never let you down. You stumble in and bumped your head, it's not for me to you be there. I picked you up, I picked you back on solid ground. If I go crazy, then who used to call me Superman? If I'm alive and well, will you be there holding my hand? I'll keep you by my side with my superhuman might, Kryptonite. <laughs> You call me weak, but still your secrets I will keep You took for granted all the times so I never let you down You stumbled in and bumped your head If not for me, then you'd be dead I picked you up and put you back on solid ground If I go crazy, then will you still call me Superman? If I'm alive and well, will you be there holding my hand? I'll keep you by my side with my superhuman might. Yeah. If I go crazy, then will you still call me Superman? If I'm alive and well.